Wake Up Healthy is brought to you by Dr. Ray Heinisch and wakeuphealthy.com. All right. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Ray Heinisch, and I'd like to welcome you to the next episode of Wake Up Healthy, the show that's all about how do we wake up each and every morning a little bit healthier, with a little bit better mood, a little bit more energy and vitality. Now, in today's show, we're going to talk about the core guiding principles of health. Now, some of you may know me from my weekly radio show. Others may just be tuning in through this podcast. But regardless, the stuff that you're going to learn today, I think, will also help you to be able to take the information that's constantly flowing your way and kind of run it through this filter and figure out if, in fact, it matches with these core guiding principles. If it does, then it could be something to pay attention to. If it doesn't, then it may be something to discard. And I'm not just talking about information. I'm also talking about the person delivering the information. You'll find experts on a couple of different sides of the pond, if you will. On the one side, you've got the zealots. The people who say, you should only do holistic natural medicine, you should totally throw out all conventional medicine, and uh, just pursue vitamins, minerals, and herbs. And then on the other side, you've got people who are in the conventional medical community who will say, you know, holistic natural medicine is nothing but hogwash. It's all snake oil. And um, you've got to find out where you want to fall on that spectrum. Now, my suggestion is that you should not fall on either end of that spectrum. You should not be a zealot because as you'll learn as we go through these core guiding principles, when conventional medicine is used in the right context and at the right time, it can be a valuable ally in your health journey. On the flip side, though, if it's used at the wrong times under the wrong context, then conventional medicine can be the worst enemy to your health. And so let's go through these principles, and hopefully by the end, you'll have a more balanced view of health and wellness as it pertains to the use of natural medicine. Okay, so let's start with core guiding principle number one, and that is this. Medication and surgery are last resorts for chronic conditions. Now, in conventional medicine, if you were to go into a doctor and they were to test your blood and your blood showed high levels of cholesterol, for example, or you had high blood pressure, uh, what they would do is they would take out their little prescription pad, write your prescription, and give that to you as your first line of defense against disease. And I think that's a huge mistake. Now, if you listen to the first episode, we went through the discussion on what's a significant impact on your health, right? If you take a drug, for example, that suggests that it lowers your risk of cardiovascular death, then you have to ask the question, is it really a significant change? Because medicine works within statistical benefit rather than individual benefit. So I'm not going to get in that discussion again, but just know that when a doctor says this medication lowers your risk of death or lowers your risk of having a heart attack or whatever, they're oftentimes referring to statistical difference. And in the end, when you really look at the numbers, it really, it doesn't apply to you individually. Only if you're one of the lucky in 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 people who gain a benefit from that medication. So the way we look at it is when you're diagnosed with a chronic condition, then you should seek out 
more holistic, natural approaches to dealing with that condition first. And then you can kind of work up that ladder, if you will, and work up towards the conventional medicines and surgeries if necessary. Now, this does not apply to acute problems, right? If I'm in a car accident, I don't want to be shipped off to the uh, acupuncturist. You know, I want to tell the ambulance driver to take me to the emergency room, let them piece me back together, and then after that acute situation is taken care of, then I can go to a holistic means of promoting healing, right? Same thing goes for like blood pressure issues. If you have a blood pressure of 230 over 120, well, you're kind of in an emergency state. We like to say that you're on a cliff with a gale blowing, and Conventional medicine is really good at getting you off that cliff, out of that emergency. But once you're out of that emergency, even if that requires using certain medications, then you can say, okay, well, now I'm going to do the work to improve the chronic situation with the hope that the need for the medication will go away with time. So I'm not in that camp that says if I'm taking a medication, you should just get off that drug and go to natural products. No, that's not how it works. The way it should work is if you're taking a drug for a particular problem, then you start working on that problem from the natural means with the expectation that the need for the medication will go away. And then at that point, you can go to a practitioner, whether it's your conventional doctor or a holistic practitioner, and say, hey, I've been working on this. I've lost this weight. I've changed my diet. I've, you know, I'm taking these supplements. I'd like to see if we can control this without the need for the medication. And either they're going to say yes or they're going to say no. Now, if you if the doctor says no always because we live in this society where it's okay to die on medications, it's not okay to die off of medications, then you might have to find another practitioner, perhaps a physician who specializes in holistic medicine, who's more willing to take you off of drugs in a very controlled fashion in order to improve your circumstances naturally, okay? So that's number one. Medications and surgeries are the last resort for chronic conditions. Let's go on to core guiding principle number two. Drugs and surgery are not the enemy. They're just tools with side effects. Think of it in those terms, okay? And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of the zealots out there, whether they be holistic or natural gurus or whatever, they have a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, when we're holistic-minded, we have a tendency to get mad at conventional doctors for throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But then when a zealot comes out and says, you know, that you should avoid all drugs, all cardiovascular drugs, they're doing the same thing. They're just doing it on the flip side. And the truth is drugs and surgery are not the enemy. Your physician is not the enemy. They're just tools with side effects, meaning they can have an effect, they can have a benefit, but practically every one of those tools have side effects along with them, and we have to weigh the benefits versus the risk. You know, antibiotics can cause problems for people. Does that mean we should not use them? Absolutely not. You know, if I develop strep throat, believe it or not, I'm not going to go and take olive leaf extract or some other herb to treat that strep throat. I'm going to take an antibiotic. Now, I'm going to go in with the realization that the antibiotics have side effects, and sometimes we can mitigate those side effects using natural products. In the case of the antibiotics, we would use a probiotic, something that replaces the good bacteria in the gut. 
Sometimes if you're using medications like Cipro, which we know can impact the tendons and the ligaments, we may do things to support the tendons and the ligaments simultaneously while using that medication. So don't villainize these tools because when the time comes or if the time comes that you need them and your mentality is no, 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 you could very well be throwing out a tool that is necessary for your survival or your health. Okay, so don't villainize these things. They're just tools with side effects. There shouldn't be any kind of uh, um, emotion behind it when you're looking at drugs and surgery as options. It should not be an emotional situation. If it does feel emotional, well, in all likelihood, some sort of health guru has kind of brainwashed you into thinking that these things do not have value. Oftentimes they do. But the only thing is you have to realize that they also have downsides. All right, so drugs and surgeries are not the enemy. They're just tools with side effects. That's number two. Number three, a health tool should prolong life and or make you feel better. A health tool should prolong life and or make you feel better. Sounds like common sense, doesn't it? But in conventional medicine, that unfortunately does not hold true. You know, if you're given a blood pressure medication and that blood pressure medication hasn't been shown to really prolong your life uh, in any way, and again, we're talking in a personally significant way, then somehow conventional medicine has made it okay to prescribe that drug just because it's quote-unquote FDA approved, all right? So, you know, when we're talking about a health tool, if it doesn't make you feel better, it should at least make you live longer, right? And then you can decide if you're willing to put up with the side effects of that drug in order to gain that benefit. The only thing is you have to really know what you can expect as a benefit, don't you? And oftentimes when you're prescribed a medication like a statin drug or a blood pressure medication, oftentimes they can't delineate to you or tell you how much longer you're going to live or what kind of real outward tangible benefit you're going to get. All they know is that it's FDA approved, it is the standard of practice to prescribe the medication, and therefore it's okay even if it makes you feel worse. So again, it comes down to how significant is the benefit of the drug. Most of the time, I'll tell you, most of the time when we're talking about chronic illness, the benefits are mild and the risks are high. That's why sometimes it'll sound like I'm a zealot uh, because of the fact that the reality is these drugs have very little benefit uh, for the most part, and uh, specifically when we're talking about chronic conditions. You know, again, antibiotics, different situation, and in certain cases, other drugs as well. But for the most part, if people who are being treated with medications for cholesterol, blood pressure, even diabetes, and osteoporosis, the benefits are mild, if any. So that's number three. A health tool should prolong your life and or it should make you feel better. And that goes for drugs, surgeries, and or nutritional supplements or any other holistic health treatment. Number four, not all FDA-approved drugs are safe or effective. Now, in our society, there is this assumption that if the FDA gives it the thumbs up, that it is both safe and effective. And that is not always true, and specifically when we're talking about personal benefit. Again, the FDA, just like the 
conventional doctors, they work within the realm of statistical medicine. So they're looking at if we give this drug to a million people, what kind of benefit? And if it saves 10 lives out of a million or it decreases 10 fractures or prevents 10 heart attacks, the FDA may give it the thumbs up and say, good to go. Let's go ahead and approve it. But the likelihood of you being one of those 10 out of a 100,000 or a million is very, very low. And when you're dealing with numbers that small, you cannot assume that bias, you know, and I'm talking about researcher bias, doesn't come into play there. They make the assumption that it doesn't, but you cannot know that for sure. And in fact, in all likelihood, it does to some extent. But the point is, is if the FDA gives it approval, it doesn't mean that it's effective and it doesn't mean that it's safe. In fact, the FDA is present, exists because of the fact that medications are not safe, typically. And in fact, that's why my profession, the pharmacy profession, exists. If drugs did not have side effects, would we really need pharmacists? And I don't think that we would, would we? Because a lot of our training is focused on preventing side effects, preventing interactions and so forth. Number five, not all nutritional supplements are safe or effective. So if I'm going to stand up here on my pedestal and point the finger at the FDA, I cannot in all good faith stand up here and not point the finger at the nutritional supplement industry as well. Not all nutritional supplements are effective. In fact, probably most are not. I know that's somewhat controversial, especially from a holistic health practitioner, but the reality is of all the supplements that come across my desk, of all the people that walk in the doors trying to get me to sell their nutritional supplements, I'd say I probably say yes to maybe one in 50, maybe as high as one in 100 on some months or some years. Most nutritional supplements are not effective. Most of them have very little benefit and therefore I don't recommend them. Hopefully in this show, uh, and I'm not perfect, but hopefully in this show, the supplements that we talk about will be the ones that deliver benefits that you can measure, right? But you can't assume that they're all effective, nor can you assume that they are all safe, especially in the context of what's going on in your life. Now, when we talk about safety with nutritional supplements, I'm not always talking about a potential side effect of a nutritional supplement because most supplements don't have side effects or the the side effects are so mild that they're almost imperceptible. I think the biggest risk with nutritional supplements is self-treating a condition that is severe or serious and requires more follow-up and follow-through from a physician, whether it be a conventional doctor or a holistic doctor. I think most of the risk comes in people self-treating issues that need to be followed by a healthcare practitioner. But that being said, you can also have side effects from supplements. For example, red yeast rice, which is, a medic- which is an herbal product used to treat cholesterol, can have some of the similar side effects that we see with statin drugs. And you know, just because it's natural, people assume that it doesn't have side effects, but I have seen side effects in that, uh, with that supplement. Doesn't mean that you don't want to use it. In some cases, it is the right tool for the job. But it shouldn't be used lightly. It shouldn't be used with the assumption that it is 100% safe because it's not safe for everybody. 
Now, the side effects are much less likely with red yeast rice, at least in my experience, than they are with statin drugs. And in fact, I have people who were unable to use statin drugs who used the red yeast rice, and they did not have the same side effects, but it still helped to manage their cholesterol. But, you know, it may not, because of the fact that it has side effects, it may not be my first tool. But that's just one example, and there are many others. Other situations arise when people are taking medications, and then they're adding herbs and nutrients on top of those medications. Sometimes there are interactions there, so safety can become an issue there as well. Now, um, that pretty much covers it. So safety and effective and efficacy are not assured just because it is natural. Let's go on to six. The answers change. Be okay with the imperfection of health science. Now, you may have heard people say, you know, that uh, they may say that's why they call it practicing medicine, right? Because we don't have all the answers. And uh, when I was rounding, uh, when I was going through rounds in, at the end of my uh, pharmacy school um, training, and we were in hospitals rounding with the physicians and the other students, what I discovered was that uh, our knowledge of health is not only imperfect, it is severely so. And oftentimes, we do not have the answers. And unfortunately, sometimes doctors pretend that they do even when they don't. And sometimes it's the same with chiropractors and acupuncturists and uh, pharmacists and you know, all healthcare practitioners can fall into that realm because nobody wants to walk into a healthcare practitioner's office and feel like they don't have all the answers, right? You have a problem that you want to deal with. You hope that whoever's treating you or dealing with your situation uh, knows what they're doing and has the answer to your problem. But the reality is, oftentimes we don't. Now, this core guiding principle is a little bit strange, isn't it? Because the way I started is by saying that the answers change. Be okay with the imperfection of health science. And this goes for conventional medicine just like it goes for holistic medicine. The reason I bring this one up is because I think it's important. Because two years from now, you may be listening to the latest episode of the Wake Up Healthy uh, show, and we may be covering a topic that we covered two years prior, and the recommendations may be different than they were two years before. And this is something that I had to come to grips with very early on. You know, it used to be, for example, that we would recommend, probably you know, 15, 20 years ago, we'd recommend high doses of vitamin E for various conditions and as an anti-aging tool. And then more and more research came out that suggested that perhaps that's not an effective way to prevent disease and or prevent premature aging. So now it's very rare for me to suggest high doses of D-alpha-tocopherol vitamin E for any particular disease or health challenge. It doesn't mean that we don't use it and in smaller quantities, but we don't recommend the really high doses that we did back in the day when we thought free radicals caused all disease. So I, I really struggled with this. You know, when more evidence was coming out suggesting that vitamin E wasn't terribly effective for various health challenges that we thought it would be that um, I, I struggled with changing my mind on that. And then I heard somebody tell a story about um, Einstein. And I don't know if the story was true. It was told by Brian Tracy, who's a productivity expert. And he said, one day Einstein was walking with one of his graduate students to administer a test. And the graduate student happened to look down at the test questions and was startled by the fact that the test questions were the exact same questions that Einstein had asked him one year before. And he was a little bit dumbfounded by this because the test questions were out there uh, among the students. 
And he said, uh, excuse me, Professor Einstein, why is it that you're giving the exact same test that you gave us to these students? Won't they have these tests to study on? And Einstein said, well, uh, yes, yes, they will. But the answers have changed. And that just startled me internally as well. And I just decided right then and there that I'm not going to make the mistake of conventional medicine because it takes conventional medicine decades to change their mind about something. You know, they used to say that smoking caught, that smoking was a very healthy act. In fact, they had prescribed smoking as a treatment for asthma, if you believe it. You know, they have always suggested that saturated fats cause heart disease. But now, uh, decades of research has proven that, in fact, not only does saturated fat not cause heart disease, it is almost immaterial in the whole discussion. Saturated fat does not promote heart disease. And so now you're seeing more and more cardiologists and uh, uh, organizations like the American Heart Association kind of draw back. But it's, it's just taken so long for them to admit that they're wrong. And even when they do admit that they're wrong, they don't admit fully <laughs> that they're wrong. And uh, I didn't want to be like that. So my suggestion to you or my promise to you is that if uh, the answers change, I will tell you even if it goes against what I've said in the past. That's my promise to you, all right? Number seven, you can't outrun a bad diet. And the reason I put this one in here is because a lot of people eat terribly and then they try to supplement and exercise their way to health. You can't do it. You can't just take supplements and eat junk food all day long. You can't just eat junk and just expect to exercise and protect your heart from damage. It doesn't work that way. You've got to take a holistic approach to improving your health, meaning the whole person, right? you got to look at your entire lifestyle and make changes, positive changes in all of those areas. Number eight, healthy bodies are created by small, seemingly insignificant healthy actions taken consistently day in and day out. Let me say that again. Healthy bodies are created by small, seemingly insignificant, and healthy actions taken consistently day in and day out. Now, that's number eight. Number nine is very similar, so I'll just go ahead and throw that one out there as well. So number nine is disease is created by small, seemingly insignificant, unhealthy actions taken consistently day in and day out. Now, why am I throwing these both in here as separate core guiding principles. In conventional medicine, even sometimes in the holistic world, I hear doctors say moderation is key. And what I suggest is that moderation kills. Moderation kills. We humans, one more donut and one more slice of pizza and one more burger and fries our way into an early grave. We use moderation as an excuse to live unhealthy lives. And if we change or we shift our view from this idea that moderation is the key to health, it's not, it's the key to disease and early death, and we shift instead to a controlled imbalance, right? So instead of thinking in terms of moderation all day long, you know, if I eat just a little bit of cake, you know, with each meal, that uh, as long as it's a little bit, it's not going to be a problem. If we shift from that type of mentality to there may be times when we have a cheat meal, for example, 
where we have birthday cake or we have a couple of donuts or we have a slice of pizza. As long as it is infrequent, it won't have a significantly negative impact on our health. All right, so let me kind of say that again because this one you really need to grasp. It is the small decisions that we make every day. It is when we walk into the office and we walk by a bowl of candy. Moderation suggests that if we grab just one candy, it's okay. The problem is, the way we look at it is those small things add up throughout the course of a day. And they add up to bad outcomes. You know, you may have a, uh, a piece of candy when you walk in the office, and you may say no to the 10 other pieces of candy that are in the bowl. But then when lunchtime comes around and people pull out the birthday cake and, you know, two or three people are having a birthday in the office every day, then we start to say yes to that as well, as long as it's a, a little piece of cake. And uh, I'll also point out that the way that we describe small or little or moderation has shifted and changed in our society to such an extent that moderation is no longer moderation. Moderation, you know, if we were to ask somebody, if we were to take a time machine back to the 1950s and ask, is this a moderately small size or a piece of uh, pizza or a piece of cake? They'd say, no, that's a large piece of cake because the definition of moderation has shifted and changed over the years in a very negative way. And hopefully in future shows, I'll, I'll uh, touch on this a little bit more in depth, but uh, uh, all I want you to get from these two core guiding principles is that every decision that you make, every decision that you make matters. And I have that uh, that momentary pause, <laughs> you know, for uh, so that you can kind of really grasp that uh, for effect, right? Every single decision that you make matters. Every piece of food you put in your mouth matters. Everything that you drink matters. Every medication that you take, every pill matters. And when we start to think in terms of this makes a significant difference to my health, then we stop putting so much cake, candy, donuts, pizza, hamburgers, fries into our mouths because we're no longer thinking in terms of this uh, um, broad, undefined term moderation. And so that is such a critical piece of this puzzle for us because think about it. Think about it. Go back and think in terms of what you've eaten and the types of lifestyle decisions that you've made over the last week and Try to mentally add up all the times that you just did a little bit of bad, right? That you made a little decision that was unhealthy. How many times does that add up to a big overall effect within our life? And my suggestion is every time, okay? So it doesn't mean that you can't have cake, candy, pizza, and even hamburgers and fries. It doesn't mean that. I eat all of those things. What it means is we have to shift this mentality that a little bit doesn't matter. It does. It does matter, primarily because they add up over time. You know, we'll talk more about this. One of uh, on, on my other podcasts, uh, Cut the Fat Podcast, which is all about weight loss, you can find that on iTunes. We have an episode on there called Becoming a Pro. 
And I really highly recommend you go and listen to that podcast episode because we touch on this, um, you know, somewhat. All right. So, um, but, uh, you know, we talk about it throughout the podcasts and throughout the show, and we will talk about it more in future Wake Up Healthy shows. But just know that this, that every little bit that you do matters. Okay. On to number 10. This is the last one for this episode. And um, it is this. To achieve extraordinary health, you must tackle the six masteries of health. Now, the six masteries of health we're going to get into in an episode in and of itself. But I'll, I'll point out that none of that, none of this stuff is really groundbreaking, at least the six masteries. When I tell you what they are, you're going to say, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and the problem is that there will be a high likelihood that you will dismiss them because they are not sexy. They may not sound brand new to you, but I will tell you that mastery of the basics in lifestyle are where the main benefits lie, right? You know, we're always looking for the latest, greatest nutritional supplement that uh, came out of the Amazon rainforest. But when we put it down on paper and we look at the benefits, the benefits of your diet, your exercise habits, etc., way, way outweigh any benefit from any herb on earth, right? So the six masteries of health are this. Diet is number one, and we'll talk about these in depth in future shows. But diet is number one. Exercise is number two. Activity is number three. And that may sound strange. We separate exercise and activity. We do because their impact on our health is different. Exercise impacts our hormones in one way. Activity impacts our hormones in a totally different way. So exercise and activity are separate. Number four, sleep. How we sleep, the quantity and the quality of our sleep. Number five is stress. And number six is supplementation. So this is such an important core guiding principle. And here's why. Because if I don't list all of them out as important, our tendency will be to seek out the easiest means, right? to seek out the supplementation. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge fan of supplementation. I take quite a few supplements myself and I feel them to be hugely beneficial to our bodies. But that's only one of six masteries that you need to include in your lifestyle. You need to master your diet. You need to master your exercise. You need to master your activity, your sleep, your stress, and your supplementation. If one of those is left out, you will never achieve an extraordinary level of health. Okay, so you got it? Great. Let's go ahead and do a quick review. The first core guiding principles, medications and surgery, are last resorts for chronic conditions. Number two, Drugs and surgeries are not the enemy. They're just tools with side effects. Number three, a health tool should prolong life and or make you feel better. Now, if a tool makes you feel worse, then you've got to decide if the benefits are outweighed by the risk. Number four, not all FDA-approved drugs are safe or effective. Number five, not all nutritional supplements are safe or effective. Number six, the answers change. Be okay with the imperfection of health science. And that goes for conventional medicine. It goes for natural medicine. Number seven, you can't outrun a bad diet. 
You know, you can't just eat poorly and expect to exercise and supplement your lifestyle into a healthy lifestyle. So you've got to eat well. You've got to exercise. You've got to have plenty of activity, control your stress, improve your sleep, and do all of those things in order to achieve the extraordinary health that we talk about. Number eight, a healthy body is created by small, seemingly insignificant health actions taken consistently day in and day out. In essence, every decision you make matters. And same thing goes with number nine. Disease is created by small, seemingly insignificant, unhealthy actions taken consistently day in and day out. And the key in those two principles is that word insignificant. In the moment, they feel insignificant. Grabbing that little piece of candy out of the bowl feels insignificant, but it makes a difference. It matters when it's stacked on top of hundreds of other lifestyle decisions that we make every day. And finally, number 10, to achieve extraordinary health, you must master the six masteries of health. Diet, exercise, activity, sleep, stress, and supplementation. You can't leave any of them out if your goal is extraordinary health. All right, so that's today's show. You want to find out more information about us? Check us out at wakeuphealthy.com. And if you're really enjoying the show, please hop onto iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. It helps us to move up the ranks so we can impact more lives. And please tell your family and friends to tune in as well. All right, so thank you guys for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you've decided to listen to this show, and I look forward to bringing more and more episodes to you in the coming future. We'll see you next time here on Wake Up Healthy.